Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So have uh, have any of you ever slipped around a little bit at night? <laughs> yeah. I just wanted that to settle in. See, because as I said this, I know that some of you are just thinking, oh, man, did he see me somewhere? Have you ever slipped around at night? Yeah. I know I have. In the past. I don't slip too well now. But, you know, you may have been slipping around at night because you were somewhere you weren't supposed to be, maybe with somebody you weren't supposed to be with, doing something you shouldn't be doing. You may have been slipping around because you didn't want anybody to see you or know where you were and what you were doing. You may have planned it out for a long time. You may know what I'm talking about. Don't say amen. (laughs) See, slipping around at night can be hazardous. You, You can get into things at night that you maybe wouldn't get into during the day. And slipping around at night could change your life for bad or for good. It just depends on why you're doing it. I know, uh, I know one person's life in the Bible who was slipping around at night. And it changed his life. His name was Nicodemus. We're going to start right here in John 3. Now, there's been people that have been coming forward wanting to get baptized and giving their life to Christ. And after the response from the last few weeks, I felt compelled to share this with you because I don't want anybody left out. I don't want there to be any doubt in your mind if the Lord is calling you. John 3 one through two. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, and he came to Jesus at night. So, these Pharisees, there were about 500,000 people in Israel at the time. There's about 6,000 Pharisees, or about 1%. They were a strict adherer to Jewish law. They knew the Torah, the law, the teaching, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And and these Pharisees would break down the law so much that they would say, you have to rest on the Sabbath. You couldn't work. And, And they would carry that so far and make minute rules about, for example, you can't walk over a thousand steps on the Sabbath. 
You couldn't get water out of a well because you had to tie a knot and let it down. And that was work. And then Jesus, uh, in Matthew 12, he broke these Sabbath rules. Disciples were walking through a field with some grain. They were hungry and they took it. The Pharisees said, hey, man, you're working on, on the Sabbath. You're in violation. The Pharisees even talked about Jesus working. And Jesus said, well, on the Sabbath, if you have a sheep in a ditch, wouldn't you go out and get it? Because they were countering him because he was healing a man with a hurt arm on the Sabbath. And they said, you can't work on the Sabbath. And so he's making the comparison, what's more important, a lamb or a man? Nicodemus was a Pharisee. But Nicodemus was also, if you look there, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. With the high priest, there were 70 people that made up the Jewish ruling council called the Sanhedrin. It was the supreme court of the land. All big matters and decisions were made there. And all final decisions were final there. And it was ultimately the Sanhedrin that said Jesus was a fraud. So, so Nicodemus was the elite of the elite. A Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin. He was highly honored. He was highly educated. He was politically connected. But Nicodemus, just like every one of us, had questions about Jesus. And he says in here that he came to Jesus at night. I want you to know that this word at night, it means night. It means midnight. It also means the time for deeds and shame. And it has one more meaning, the time of death. I'll remind you it was at midnight when Paul and Silas cried out in the prison singing and broke chains. Midnight at night is a time of despair, a time of death. Weeping may come in the night, but joy comes in the morning. John um, John 3 goes on with this conversation where Nicodemus has come at night. He says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one can perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. See, the scriptures reveal that other Pharisees also believed in Jesus, but they didn't admit it for fear of being kicked out of the temple. And Nicodemus is coming at night. He doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want to be heard. He's somewhere he's not supposed to be. Meeting somebody he's not supposed to be with. Talking about things that aren't supposed to be talked about. Jesus replied to him in verse 3, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Now, I want you to know that Jesus is setting Nicodemus up in the middle of the night. And he comes at midnight, the time of death. And it would be the time of death for Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus is fixing to have his life changed. He's fixing to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. 
in the middle of the night. It's going to change his life. No one comes to the kingdom of God unless he's born again. This will be an opportunity for new life, and it's an opportunity for new life for you today. Nicodemus says this in verse 4, How can someone be born when they're old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, The natural comes first and then the spiritual. See, there's this physical and this spiritual battle that we go through. Satan doesn't want you to believe for one second that you could be born again. Satan's going to put everything in front of you to confuse you, to depress you, to discourage you, so that you can't accept what Jesus Christ has for you. That's a new life. Jesus answered and said, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. It says, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. Jesus says further, The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. This wind, you don't have to travel very far from here. If you travel down Peninsula Avenue or Halifax Avenue, you'll see live oak trees bent to the west as the wind consistently and constantly shapes their future. It shapes what they are and the closer they are to the wind pneuma the spirit of God the breath of God the more the transformation I I want you to know that these trees are bent so much that it would seem that they would break over and do you see them getting bent no you don't the wind you, you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. Such are those that are born of the Spirit. Do you want to be born of the Spirit? Yeah. Nicodemus answers back to Jesus, how can this be? And Jesus says, you're a Israel's teacher and you don't understand these things. You see, Nicodemus was the elite of the elite. He was the teacher. But he had this difficulty in understanding a concept that he couldn't grasp. That you had to be born again. We have to be born again. We have to be born again. First the physical, our physical birth. Then the spiritual, our rebirth. How do you understand these things? Jesus said. And and Jesus talks about this. He says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. In Numbers during the Exodus, one of the plagues came to the people of Israel who were disobedient. 
And God sent snakes, and the snakes would bite them, and they would die. And God instructed Moses to make a bronze snake, and he put it on a pole and lifted it up. And when the people of Israel would look at the snake, when they would look up at the snake and believe that they would not die, they did not. And Jesus has given this example here to Nicodemus that he, Jesus, must be lifted up on a cross. And that if we believe the one that's lifted up can cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we can be born again. See, it wasn't the snake that made him whole. It was the belief. And it's, it's not... It is the fact that we believe in Jesus Christ that we're born again. Jesus would bring up this Old Testament and show Nicodemus that he had to be lifted up. And then Jesus does and says probably the most familiar verse in all of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, it was a life-changing night for Nicodemus. Today can be a life-changing, today can be a life-changing day for you. Jesus' sacrificial love on the cross, if we look up to the cross and believe that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again, it's just belief. You'll be born again. We were going to do some baptisms today, but some folks got sick. But next week, we'll plan on doing them right after the service. You won't be alone. If you come to Christ, you give your life to Christ, you won't be alone. Jesus came to give us a new life, one that's eternal. He said there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Listen to Romans 8, 1 through 4. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it has weakened by the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned the sin and the flesh in order that righteousness, the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. First John four goes further. This is how God showed us his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we'd have life through him. This is love, not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Further in Romans, they call this the Romans road, and there's a reason for that. This is a road to salvation for you, the knowledge of salvation. Romans 5, 18 and 19 says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, Adam, so also one righteous act, resulted in the justification and life for all people, Jesus. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, 
Adam, so also through the obedience of one man, many will be righteous, Jesus. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes on him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. 1 Samuel 10 says, the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully among you and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into a different person. And Nicodemus knew these. He knew these scriptures in the Old Testament. He know it says in Jeremiah that this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I'll write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Nicodemus knew this. Jesus said, you're a teacher. Don't you know this? What did this life-changing night do for Nicodemus? Listen to this. He was in the council of the Sanhedrin and the other Pharisees, and they were debating the fate of Jesus. Not knowing that God had already decided the faith of Jesus, the fate of Jesus. Listen to what it says. John 7, 50 through 52. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and was with one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he's been doing? And here's what they said. They replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you'll find that a prophet did not come out of Galilee. See, Jesus lived in Nazareth in Galilee, but he was born in Bethlehem, the city of David. They didn't want to accept that. And Nicodemus was so changed, not only did he argue in front of the Sanhedrin about giving Jesus a hearing, listen to what happened as Jesus was crucified. In John 19, Nicodemus, it says he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh, aloe, of about 75 pounds. See, he accompanied Joseph of Arimathea to bring an offering. You know, I don't know where you stand with your belief in God. I don't know where your belief system is. But I know this, that this man, Nicodemus, he came to Jesus at night. He was messing around at night. And I want you to know he risked everything that he was everything that he had worked for, everything that he formerly knew to meet with a man, Jesus Christ, to try to understand the concept of being born again. If you don't know Jesus Christ, people here are giving their lives to Christ. They want a closer relationship with God. We want to help you with that. To explain how easy and simple the gospel is. People are following in baptism. If you haven't given your life to Christ, this is a purely a salvation message today because of the number of people that have responded. I didn't want to leave one stone unturned. I didn't want to go away somewhere else other than to bring this forward. If you don't know Jesus Christ, today is the day. It's no mistake.
And if you know Jesus Christ and you're interested in following in baptism, we're going to be doing that. Let us know. We want to disciple you. We, we just don't want you to be saved. We want you to come to Bible study here. Eat the word of God. Bring it into your system. Bring it into your body. We want to pray for you at men's and women's groups. We want you to be a part of the saving knowledge and the growth that Jesus Christ can afford you. The closer walk that Jesus Christ can afford you. Nicodemus came. Nicodemus came at night. It was risky. This is a safe place. This is the sanctuary of God. So if you decided that you want to give your life to Christ, today's your day. Now's the time. If you believe in Christ and haven't been baptized, get ready. We're moving forward. We're going to keep going. And if you've done all of that and you decide that you want to be discipled, come. Come to our Bible studies. Come to our men's and women's group. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you today for your Holy Spirit. You know, the wind comes and it blows. We don't know where it comes from or where it goes. Such are those that are led by the Spirit. Father, I'd ask that your Spirit right now would settle in anyone here that hasn't made a commitment to Jesus Christ, who hasn't decided, yes, I believe, I believe. Today's their day. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask you to move in them, speak to them, deal with them now as you would. And, Father, we are so glad that you do not condemn us, no matter what we've done. Your death on the cross is complete, and it covers us completely from the penalty of sin. And Father, for those that have believed but would want to be baptized, that they feel that this would give them another step, another way forward, then Father, speak to them. And Father, those that want to dig deeper into you, just speak to them, God, about getting more involved and engaged here. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. So we have people that can pray for you, and we can pray for you if you'd like. If you'd like to come forward, you can. You don't have to. We can come to you. However the Spirit would lead you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Oh. Uh-huh. 